Bills Mafia, was good? This Stevie Johnson, Mr. Why So Serious, and you now tuned in to The Lowdown with Jake Jordan. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the coolest place in Bill's Mafia outside of Western New York, the Lowdown. I am your host, Jake, and as always, we're going to talk some Buffalo Bills football, but this time, we're doing it solo. Yep, that's right. I'm back to exactly what I used to do before I started having guests on every week, and I kind of realized that, you know, sometimes when you do it solo... You're just alone with your thoughts, with the program up on the screen, with all of my notes that I am just ready to discuss everything with you guys. And to be completely honest with you, we do have to talk about one thing that uh, has happened with the Buffalo Bills recently that, you know, a lot of people don't like to talk about and it has to come up with the vaccine issue. I personally do not like to talk about this only because... It is something that is very divisive. People either feel one way about it or feel the other way. For some reason, you're not allowed to be in the middle and believe that people do have the freedom to choose whether or not that they get a vaccine. But when it comes to these players also not following the rules for them not being vaccinated and they know that those rules were placed on them by a private body or organization such as the NFL, which they do have the right when it comes to health and safety to make their own provisions, uh, you got to talk about it, right? There's some things that you just can't dance around. And I've had a pod before where I went and I talked about Cole Beasley's stance on the vaccination issue. And while I do believe that he is allowed to have his freedoms, I do believe that a little bit was misguided in the way he does approach it or some of the things that he does say on social media do not paint probably the picture that he wants them to but my main thing is he and Isaiah McKenzie have both now been fined $15,000 it's a little bit under that but that's just an easy number to say And they've been fine this because they were not wearing masks at times and the NFL has reviewed it. And you know that the NFL is heavily looking at every single facility to make sure that players that are not vaccinated are following the rules. And you know when someone as outspoken as Cole Beasley is on social media, you know that the NFL might tend to look into the Buffalo Bills organization a little bit more Uh, than you would think. And one of the things that I wanted to talk about is uh, after all of these things have happened and a trainer tested positive and he was a close contact with these people, yes, some of the rules that the NFL does have in place are a little, you know, asinine. They do not entirely work. Every single if to say that every single thing that the NFL has in their COVID-19 rules is perfect would be lying because it is not. One of the things that that is is that vaccinated people do not have to test every day. Scientifically, 
uh, while it might prevent you from having serious symptoms, it does not necessarily take down your chance of spreading it to other people as drastically as some would think. If you are vaccinated, you still can spread it to other people. Now, that's when you can argue that if everybody was vaccinated, even if they did spread it to someone, there's less of a chance of it being serious and people would be able to carry on with their days. But to think that vaccinated people do not get tested every day, but unvaccinated people do, it should kind of just be the same along all guidelines. I think everybody should get vaccinated every day just because there are players that are unvaccinated. And while they do get punished way more than vaccinated players, if they do test positive, um, I do believe that it should be fair across the board and everybody should get tested just to keep the chance of that person being a close contact to a vaccinated person who is positive, low, keep it low, you know. But uh, one of the things that I want to talk about is not, you know, oh, this person's stupid for how they believe in the vaccine or this person is stupid because they're not vaccinated. It's not like that. I don't think like that. While it does kind of upset me because I do have a different viewpoint, I'm not going to sit here and absolutely try to lambast somebody because they do not believe the exact same thing as me. Uh, but one of my things when it does come to the game of football in this vaccination standpoint is the competitive advantage that you do have by being vaccinated. Now, I'm going to play a clip for you right here of Coach McDermott and kind of his stance on the vaccination standpoint and how he kind of feels about it. And if you have heard this already, then it's not going to be a shock to you. But if you have never heard this clip before, then you'll probably be a little bit shocked and we'll talk about it right after this. Yeah, very frustrating. Uh, very frustrating. There's people's livelihoods at stake in terms of, uh, you know, People's jobs are, are in their performances judged off of wins and losses or how well a person does X or Y. And some of that's dependent upon other members of the team. That's why this is a team game. And um, being able to count on people is important. And so when you're going through a week, if this were a real week, and having um, the players out that we've had, um, that makes it, it makes it hard to win games that way. And um, that's the competitive piece of this, Heather, and that's, um, you know, that's that's hard enough when it's non-COVID years based on natural injuries that come up through week-to-week -week games and practices. And now, um, not now, but as of a year ago, uh, in change, uh, this came on the scene, and and we continue to deal with it. So the big point. And what coach is trying to put across is while there are benefits to being vaccinated, it's a competitive advantage. And that's kind of one of the big things that we have to talk about is had this happened during the regular season, everybody, we might have had to, this might be big. And one of my big standpoints on this is just kind of, if you are to the point where you're a team that's contending the one thing that is going to stop the Buffalo Bills is going to be the Buffalo Bills. That is not a question that I think anybody is really doubting at this moment. If the Buffalo Bills do not get where they need to be during this season, it will be mainly in part to the Buffalo Bills and some players that are on the roster. And kind of the competitive advantage that you have that if everybody's vaccinated 
or a huge majority of your players are vaccinated, your important players are vaccinated. Let me clarify that a little bit more. When your important players are vaccinated, that is when you know you're going to be in the clear. But when you have guys like Cole Beasley and Gabriel Davis and Starla Tulele, who I'm I'm not going to argue with people as to why was Star gone for a whole year and he still didn't because of concerns with COVID and he still did not get the COVID vaccine. That all has to do with health providers. Trust me, some people maybe not, they do not understand it. But my aunt who recently did come down with COVID-19 was not able to get the vaccine because she had to get cleared by a doctor. So maybe Star Latulale did not get cleared by a doctor to take the vaccine. That is something that is not public knowledge, but it could be something that could contribute to that. So don't knock Star if he's, you know, not vaccinated. There could be a health version of that. But for the other players, uh, maybe something as well, or, you know, just it's their personal choice. But it's a competitive advantage when your best players are vaccinated because when things like this happen during the season you're at a disadvantage and kind of one of my things that I have to talk about is some of the players that are kind of not on the fringe but you know could be something that comes into play when are they going to be on this roster or not uh I recently talked with justice and we were on the first round buy that we do every monday live on the built in buffalo youtube channel and we were talking about you know isaiah mckenzie isaiah mckenzie one got injured uh, on a play by uh jordan poyer but also is now unvaccinated targeted kind of by the nfl just for not following the rules and as a guy that's not making that much money yes he is kind of important but we did just signed Sims, who was playing on the Washington football team and was let go, that has the kind of speed, has that kind of playability to where he can be a gadget type of dude. And while I think he was mainly brought in to be a, a camp body to compete against Marquez Stevenson while Isaiah McKenzie is out, I still think that the possibility could be there that if he is able to show any kind of just recognition in this offense and being able to do what Isaiah McKenzie does say that Sims is vaccinated. That could be one of your things that you're looking at, because as we've seen that, you know, it is a competitive advantage to be vaccinated. And had this happened during the season, uh, my one quote that I'm going to use to end off this little segment is if this happened during the season and it affected the outcome of the season, it will not be forgotten. One of the things that you will realize that during this season, if someone not being vaccinated is the reason why this season fails and is in part or maybe not just one person, but a collective of people are not vaccinated and this season ends up not being what it could be because of these situations, it will not be forgotten when it comes to the offseason free agency and also when it comes to decisions of managing the roster. But that's kind of just the end of the COVID thing. You know, I don't want to harp on that too much. This is supposed to be a show where we're talking about things that, you know, we're going into the third week of preseason and some things were announced with Sean McDermott also saying that 
Josh Allen will play in the third preseason game. I've kind of been an advocate against, uh, you know, maybe not playing him because one of the things you don't want to risk is Josh Allen getting injured and against a Packers team that I'm not going to say they're really playing for anything because they're going to be a really good team. Just putting your players out there, and we'll talk about the Bills injury report after the Chicago game. Uh, it kind of just shows that the risk of injury is out there, especially if maybe some of the guys that maybe they're not playing all their starters and some people are out there trying to, you know, get their position on a depth chart. And maybe they think that the way that they can do that is putting a shot on a dude like Josh Allen. We don't want that. But I would say since Josh Allen is starting against the Packers, which is going to be a good game, I believe. I mean, Saturday at one o'clock. I love that the Bills have been on like actually on the NFL network in the game that gets shown every single week. Just because one, it makes it easier for me to watch because I have not bought my subscription to Game Pass and uh, NFL Sunday ticket yet. But it it's just fun to see that they're getting a little bit more recognition in getting to play on a national stage. And just overall, Josh Allen starting in this game is, I would say that Josh Allen probably gets two series at the maximum. I see some people have said one. Some people think he's going to play the whole quarter. I highly doubt that. Uh, one of the big things is you have to throw the injury risk in there. And what is... You know, what to add to that is not only is Josh Allen playing, multiple starters will be playing. Maybe people that you have not seen this season yet are going to get reps during this last game of the preseason. Before we go into the two weeks before the home opener against the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, multiple starters to play. Nobody was really singled out except for Josh Allen. Uh, but just kind of the one thing I wanted to run over is the injury risk one thing that you do when you put people out in the preseason is there is a risk of injury now it's not like when you're throwing them out there I I feel like maybe the injury risk is about as much as it is in the regular season there's a chance something could happen especially Josh Allen playing at the beginning of the game he will be playing against dudes who pretty much have their spot cemented on an NFL roster you would hope do you think especially with an organization like Green Bay who's kind of been contending for the last three years and kind of is always in that picture to where they're a really good team so usually they've got their their defensive line is usually pretty set before especially at the beginning of the last preseason game you're gonna have starters out there those guys know they're not out there trying to win that spot and I don't think it's going to be as hectic for Josh Allen probably a bunch of screens handoffs things to keep him safe get the ball out of his hands really really quick but again I've brought it up the injury risk uh, one thing that came out this week was the injury report coming out of the Chicago Bears game. And folks, it is lengthy. It is a lengthy report. And, you know, some of these guys, I don't think these guys really make the roster. So it doesn't matter if they're hurt. But still, these guys being hurt coming out of this game is something that you have to look at. Now, I'm going to run down the list, tell you kind of what I think about these players. And as we run down this list, I'll be like, yeah, 
this guy. Some of these guys are day-to-day. Some of these guys are week-to-week. Some we don't know how long they could be out. So we'll just start it off. The first one on the list is Antonio Williams with a neck injury. Uh, kind of just really, really down for a guy like Antonio Williams, one who I think has kind of already lost his spot on trying to play his way onto the normal 53. I think he still is a practice squad guy that does get brought back just because he has some familiarity with the practice squad and the team itself. Uh, and as long as the injury is not really significant and maybe it's just a little bit of neck soreness, uh, Antonio Williams is not a guy I do predict to make the roster. I think that it's going to be Moss, Brita, Singletary, and not in that order, and Tywan Jones for special teams, but will take up a running back slot. Second one, Isaiah McKenzie, shoulder injury. Uh, Me and my brothers last night as we were training for flag football were kind of just talking about what we thought it might be. Some people were saying that it could be four to six weeks. Some people were saying it could be not just his shoulder, but it could be a collarbone type issue, which is something that you don't want to deal with. But reports have come out, especially with Sean McDermott, saying that he's in between day-to-day and week-to-week. So that is not something that is going to be fully affected, but it will hold him out until the regular season. Hopefully he is ready for the opener, Isaiah McKenzie receiving this injury by taking a shot from Jordan Poyer in practice that was a little bit harder than maybe it should have been. But Jordan Poyer is just going out there. They're trying to give everything they do. Maybe a little bit irresponsible to hurt a guy, but he did try to let up before he did hurt McKenzie. But it was a bang-bang play. And it ended up with Isaiah McKenzie getting hurt. Now, Marquez Stevenson and Tommy Sweeney. Tommy Sweeney, a guy that I think also just can't catch a break. I think that he is probably not making the roster. If anything, gets he's the practice squad tight end. If he does get brought back, really just tough coming off of last season. Him being uh, brought off of the season because of a COVID-19 heart-related uh, incident. I think it's like... Cart, Cardo, my something like that. It's uh, I'm not even going to attempt to try to tell you guys, but still something. Tommy Sweeney ending up with a foot injury. Still not sure if he's still in a boot, but also Marcus Stevenson getting some light work at practice today on Thursday as I am recording this. So that is a good, good sign for Marcus Stevenson, especially with him still kind of being in that, you know, punt returner type of role, trying to compete for that and also to, you know, try to make a roster spot. Marquez Stevenson is not a guaranteed roster spot. Some people think he is. Some think he isn't. I'm kind of in the middle. I'd like to see a little bit more out of Marquez Stevenson. He had a few really amazing plays. Coach has come out and said that that also catches your eye. So maybe Marquez Stevenson is a guy that you do kind of need to look at when it comes to, you know, a player, sneaky player that does make this roster. Next one, Spencer Brown, Harrison Phillips, Jaquan Johnson, knee. Now the big one that I want to, you know, kind of Focus in here is Harrison Phillips because that is the one that people have the most questions on. Now, Harrison Phillips's knee injury is on the same knee that he had surgery on two years ago to uh, repair a torn ACL. So that is a little bit of a concern. Uh, we don't know how much longer Harrison Phillips could be out. 
multiple reports have come out uh uh ian rapaport's coming in saying that it's not that serious uh after some things but coach mcdermott coming out and saying that it might take a little bit longer whether a little bit longer is you know three weeks and harrison is ready for the regular season we gotta hope so this is a career year for Harrison Phillips he needs this year to really prove that he belongs on an NFL roster and I really want Harrison Phillips to be able to do things because he's flashed at the, at the end of last year he was showing that he was getting a little bit back to his form that he had before his injury and then during this preseason whether or not it was against backup dudes or not Harrison Phillips was pushing the pocket and was doing things that we hope to see from a guy that we thought was going to be part of our future. And Spencer Brown, Spencer Brown had some really nice play in the Chicago game against Khalil Mack, which is something that you're really, really looking for out of a rookie, especially if he's going to go against an elite guy like Khalil Mack, being able to kind of neutralize a player of that caliber and put that guy in the dirt, but Spencer Brown with a knee injury, and Jaquan Johnson, who you have to believe is still fighting for a backup safety spot. Jaquan Johnson is a guy that I'm still looking forward to, hopefully nothing serious. And then the next one's Trayvon Hester and Reed Ferguson. Reed Ferguson being our long snapper and friend of Dan Ganofsky, who has been on a quest to have them be best friends and it ended up being successful. But Trayvon Hester, a guy that I think isn't going to make this roster just because our depth is just so good on the D-line. I think Trayvon Hester is just going to be one of those guys that was brought in as a camp body. And him having a back injury, I probably did not just disclose that but a back injury for both of those guys as well is going to be uh I think it's just going to contribute to him being let go once final roster cutdowns which that does have to happen Tuesday 4 p.m next week final roster cutdowns it's going to be a bloody day everybody everybody for like maybe those camp guys that you loved so much you know their name maybe on there maybe some surprise guys make the roster and some dudes that we didn't think would get cut end up getting cut so definitely be looking out for tuesday 4 p.m next and the bills have kind of you know done it about an hour before the deadline the last two weeks so i would expect it probably around three but since this is a bigger list it might be down to the wire with them getting that in next one dane jackson stinger uh, one of the big things that has come out is defensive coordinator Leslie Frazier. Uh, while most of us believe in camp that Levi Wallace has the cornerback two spot locked up, uh, Leslie Frazier has come out and said that Levi Wallace and Dane Jackson are neck and neck still for that position. I don't purposely believe that. I think that's just something that they got to say to keep the competition going. Dane Jackson out with a stinger. Uh, stinger injuries, not really, really, uh, I wouldn't say they're not serious, but sometimes they can be if it's bad enough. Uh, and once I get to the person at the bottom of the list, you'll realize that this is kind of significant because if Dane Jackson can come back way before this next person on the list, it could help his chances in you know, getting a position that a lot of us don't think or getting a little bit more time to try to prove to him maybe he deserves the position a little bit more in the competition. 
Uh, but yeah, Dane Jackson out with Stinger. Just another thing that, you know, this list just keeps it. There's two more people on this list, everybody. I got to keep going with this. Taron Johnson, Hand, a guy that, you know, last year, I've said it. I've been on record as saying that Taron Johnson at the, the first half of last season was absolute garbage. He was straight dog water. And I would not... But I, you could not tell me that he was not the bottom putrid dumpster trash of the cornerback room. He got benched. And when I say that, I'm saying this compared to NFL players and also the roster in general. Obviously, Taron Johnson, if me and him were in the same situation, is absolutely much better. It's kind of like the Brian Scalabrini thing where he says, compared to NBA players, I suck. But compared to you, you suck. So I I truly think that Taron Johnson, uh, him having a hand injury gives a guy like Cam Lewis or somebody else to try to step up. Uh, Taron Johnson, though, at the beginning of last season got benched. It was I, a lot of people like to just forget that fact because he had a few good plays and one of the biggest plays in Buffalo sports history and playoff history. Uh, to win us the game against the Ravens. But you can't just let that cloud your judgment. And if Taron Johnson decides to feel a little bit more comfortable in his role and he gets benched again, uh, especially with this hand injury right now, I think Taron Johnson probably can't afford to lose any snaps. Hopefully he's come in and learned a little bit more and is a little bit more effective this year. Last one on the list, everybody, I told you. The Dane Jackson one is significant because of this Levi Wallace hip injury. Now, we don't know the severity of the hip injury, but Levi Wallace is, you know, on the injury report with a hip. Maybe that changes by the time this podcast comes out and hits your ears on a Friday morning or at the gym or a Friday night. However, this is hitting your ears. Levi Wallace with a hip injury. Again, him, Dane Jackson, apparently, I'm using quotation marks right now, uh, apparently being in a neck and neck competition. I just hardly believe that we've known Levi Wallace has gotten most of the starting snaps at CB2 opposite of Trey White. So it's hard for me to believe Leslie Frazier when he says they're neck and neck when we know a majority of the snaps are going to Levi Wallace. And the last thing, ladies and gentlemen, that we have to talk about is kind of some things that we want to see. Just a couple of players that I want to see a little bit of going into this Green Bay Packers game. Now, um, some of these players, one of the players I didn't even know was one of the players that was in contact with said uh, trainer that was vaccinated. And that was Star Latulale. I really wanted to see what Star was going to do on this team, especially with Harrison Phillips being out with the knee now, uh, the depth there. I really want to see what Star can do, especially we've heard good things about him and they didn't think that he needed to play any of the previous preseason games because it didn't really look like that he needed to, which when the coaching staff says that they don't think he needed to, that really you know tells me that Star Latulale did come in and still was impressive and was what Star Latulale needed to be in practice. Now, I want to see him this game, and I don't know if that's going to be really a possibility because it was they do have to be away from the facility for five days. So, realistically, Star Latulale could 
play on Saturday, but will he? I kind of doubt it. I really wanted to see what star could be, but again, if he is the star that the coaching staff wants him to be, then, you know, I'm fine if he doesn't play the last preseason game. Again, I really don't care if a lot of our starters don't play in the preseason game, but that's just me. And one of the big stories in this offseason has been the defensive ends, and man, I want to see Mario Addison out there. I've been very critical of Mario Addison. I have done podcasts where I do talk maybe in uh, not not exactly a bad way, but maybe not in the highest light of Mario Addison. I do think he is a veteran that does bring leadership to the group. However, I don't think he's really a guy that you're like, man, we got to have him on this team, especially with some of the flashes that we have seen from Gregory Rousseau in the preseason. He looks really good. We've seen some good things from Boogie Basham. Daryl Johnson being the sixth-rated pass rusher in the preseason so far with PFF, or at least of last week. Like That is really it's phenomenal the depth that we have at the defensive end room and don't get me started on a guy who can play inside outside like fa obata uh i just want to see a little bit of addison i want to see a little bit from hughes too just to see what they can do are they effective does mario addison deserve the starting role because he's good enough or and don't don't get me started on them saying that Mario Addison led the Bills in sacks last year with five and a half sacks. I understand that, but that is not that's not something we need to write home about. Five and a half sacks is when it comes to the standard of a Buffalo Bills defense is nothing that you should be very proud of. Now, five and a half sacks for a dude maybe on rotation. Yeah, but five and a half sacks, I'm pretty sure that's about what F.A. Obata had, and he was playing like 30% of the snaps on defense when it came to the Carolina Panthers. So uh, one of the things that I want to see is Mario Addison go out there and show that he has earned the starting spot because, man, I would love to see a line where Jerry Hughes is on one end and that boy, that man, Gregory Rousseau is on the other side. Like, I can't sit here and tell you that he is not impressed in the preseason. Like, he has been amazing. I want to see if Addison can prove that him being a little bit leaner, a little he's coming into the season maybe in the right headspace after, you know, grieving for his brother. And some things, you know, that kind of maybe contributed to him not being on the top of his game last year. So I'm going to see Mario Addison play a little bit at the beginning of this week's game against Green Bay. Uh, the other one, too, I want to see a little bit more of Deion Dawkins. Now, I'm pretty sure this is a absolute given just because Deion Dawkins had COVID-19, a very scary bout with COVID-19, which you would think would also, you know, show some of the players how, you know, scary it can be if it's contracted and, you know, he wasn't fully out of the vaccination window. He was, you know, got his second shot, but wasn't in the 14 days after the shot, they say, for it to truly be effective. But still, just a really scary bout with COVID-19. And, you know, he had to it dropped his weight. And they have said that he is not in the shape that he needed to be for the team. I want to see more Deion Dawkins to have him go out and, you know, get back to what he needs to be the play of the game at the level that we think that Deion Dawkins can play the game. But, ladies and gentlemen, that has been our show this week. 30 minutes of me talking your ear off about the Buffalo Bills. How do you feel 
how do you think make sure to go follow built in buffalo on all the platforms my god they're on everything instagram facebook twitter obviously at built in buffalo and you will be able to find them on youtube and you can find me on youtube on monday nights being one of the co-hosts of first round by with justice general that's my guy I love justice and you know I gotta send him this podcast I, I don't know if he'll be listening to the whole thing but if he does justice I really appreciate you and I appreciate all the people that do listen to this podcast every single week because I do this for fun uh, coming up this season you're probably gonna see a lot of these episodes are going to be around 30 minutes is because uh, I'm going into my senior year of college, so there's a lot of upper-level stuff that I'm doing right now when it comes to school, and I still follow all this stuff. I still do this. I listen to all the podcasts, and I do one myself. I actually do multiple podcasts. I do the live show with Justice on Mondays, Wednesdays. I do a show uh, talking about Marvel and DC and comics and stuff like that because I don't only love football. So if you do like that, go check out Maximum Marvel on youtube 2000 subscribers really proud of that and uh, yeah make sure to come back because this has been the coolest place in bill's mafia outside of western new york i have been your host jake this has been the lowdown and i will see all of you people next week